Today's podcast is all about selling with a noble purpose and indeed leading with a noble purpose. It's about how to drive revenue and do work that makes you proud. Hello everybody, this is Trevor Lee and this is episode 140 of the Better Presentations More Sales podcast. On today's show, I've got Lisa McLeod. Lisa is the best-selling author of five books, including Selling with a Noble Purpose and Leading with a Noble Purpose. And that's what she's here to talk about on today's show. She's here to show you how competitive differentiation and emotional engagement can help you move away in your market. But you're going to have to think a little bit differently. There's going to be a bit of a cultural shift. So let's move on and talk to Lisa about Selling with a Noble Purpose. So, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on the show. Uh, would you like to tell our audience a little bit about yourself? And also, we're intrigued to know all about selling with a noble purpose, of course. Well, myself and selling with noble purpose are closely connected because it's more than just a book. It's really been my life's work. And there have been two parallel tracks that have come together. I've longtime sales consultant, have helped a lot of organizations drive revenue, was used to be with Procter & Gamble, was always in the sales space. But what's happened in the last couple of years to me and where Selling with Noble Purpose came about is the area of emotional engagement and the psychology about it. And I was always sort of on these two parallel tracks. One was very business and the other was more emotional and reading all these psychology articles and spiritual things. And so selling with noble purpose is where they came together. And selling with noble purpose is based on research that proved that salespeople who want to make a difference to their customers, who truly want to improve the customer's life, actually outsell traditional salespeople that are focused on targets and quotas. So Lisa, is, is, noble, is what you're describing a situation where actually you uh, put the customer first and you second? Shockingly, yes, but it's a little <laughs> bit different than that because we've known for a long time, anyone that's been given uh, presentation training or sales training knows you need to put the customer first. But there's a subtle nuance here that's really important is the people that we identified when we studied salespeople, and there have been a number of studies since ours that have shown this, is it's not just thinking customers first. It's this thing that we call noble purpose, which is clarity about how you make a difference to customers. So a way to think about it is it's not just pleasing customers, it's actually improving customers. And give me give our listeners an example, Lisa, of how that improving customers might be just so they fully understand you know this this concept so when you have clarity about how your solution improves the life of customers you go into presentations and sales calls completely differently so i'll give you one example one of our clients is a bank and i'm an american if you can't tell by my accent and most people don't think of bankers and noble purpose in the same sentence, but we have, a, yeah. it's I not most of our experience. Right on that point, for sure, yeah. yeah. So we, had, uh, a bank was our, one of our clients, Atlantic Capital Bank, they're out of Atlanta, Georgia, and their noble purpose is we fuel prosperity. 
So they've been very public about this. They um, are in Selling with Noble Purpose, the book, their case study. And prior to adopting this methodology, they would go on sales calls saying, okay, listen to the customer, pay attention to the customer. Uh, we want to try and help the customer. So they were good salespeople. They were kind. They were authentic. They were honest. But what they decided was that they had a purpose bigger than money. And their purpose was we fuel prosperity. So now when they go on sales calls, the VP of sales says to his team of people, your purpose on this sales call is to fuel this client's prosperity. Find out what prosperity means to them and how we can help them achieve that. And the specificity about defining a North Star bigger than just closing the deal is what brings all those good intentions to life because left to default, most salespeople will go on a sales call or make a presentation with the aim to close a deal. But yeah. if you shift it and instead of just saying, I want to make the customer happy, you have some clarity for their case, it's fuel prosperity at Dave and Buster's, which is an American chain. Uh, their purpose is we champion laugh out loud fun. Uh, we worked with another company that was an IT company and their noble purpose was we help small businesses become more successful. So it's just the clarity of how am I helping my customers improve? And it, it absolutely changes the way you show up on sales calls if that is your purpose. And, and Lisa, how do you find uh, when you were working with, with the, you know, the bank and the IT company that mm -hmm. how did you find the, the ease of implementation, the, the, maybe the cultural shift they had to make to make this happen? So what you do when you have a noble purpose and when you sell with noble purpose is you change the narrative of the organization because left to default, the narrative of any sales driven organization is going to be the numbers. How are we doing on the numbers? How many customers have we added? How much new business do we have in the pipeline? And all of those things matter. But we inserted into those companies a single question that changed the narrative. And in Selling with Noble Purpose, we call it the game-changing question. And it's this, how will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? Right. Because most businesses are designed to say, how can we make more money? And how will we be more successful? And that's what the topic of the meetings are. That's what the topic of the pipeline conversations are. How can we close it? How can we be more successful? But when you say, how will the customer be different? And again, that's that nuance between pleasing customers and improving customers. When you start asking, how will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us before you go into a sales call, your head's in a totally different space. When you ask it in strategy conversations, you make different decisions. So, in essence, if I've understood this correctly, the key to the question is thinking about the, the, the growth and the ambition the customer is going to have yes. on the back of working with you rather mm -hmm. than necessarily what you'll get out of it working with them. I mean, clearly, hopefully it's a win-win situation. And, and, how did, and, and how long did it take your, you know, say the bank, Lisa, you know, because that was a big, that sounds like a big mm -hmm. shift for them. How long before they kind of started to see this result and then keeping the momentum going? So one day and one year. <laughs> okay. The first day when we announced, we fuel prosperity. It was a big day. Everyone was excited and we got a morale lift. The business lift took a year. So within a year of implementing that, 
they had increased their uh, earnings from operating income by 40%. They had been voted a best place to work, and the CEO was on the cover of American Banker as Banker of the Year within one, within one year. Wow. So that's why I always say it takes a day and a year. Wow. And because usually what happens is when you tell your team, and you have to understand if you're a leader, that your team's pull towards the transactional is very strong. Everything in your culture is going to pull them towards looking at our numbers, looking at how we make decisions based on what's best for us. And the customer is usually this um, kind of vague thing. That's why you want to be clear. And so one example I use is, we all know it here in the States, years ago, Blockbuster, during the recession, Blockbuster was sitting in a room and we all know blockbusters, you know, non-existent now. Their yep. question was, how can we make more money off our existing business model? Which is the which is the normal question in business. So they put candy at the checkout and they did all these things. Netflix said, How can we improve people's entertainment at home? They asked a different question because they knew this is our sweet spot, home entertainment. How will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? So when Netflix asked that question, they had this little thing called streaming and they thought, wow, back in the recession, if we're really committed to helping people with entertainment at home, we should do more with this streaming thing. Flash forward 10 years and it saved all our marriages because we had something to do during COVID besides talk to each other. (laughs) And so I use that as a really big example because what Noble Purpose does is it changes the strategic conversation, but it also changes the tactical behaviors of the salespeople. So when that VP of sales at the bank started saying, how will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? If his seller can't answer that, his seller is not ready to make the presentation. Sure. And the whole presentation needs to be organized, not around here's how great we are, our little dog and pony show with all our slides, but the presentation needs to be organized around how will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? Because that's what the customer cares about. Sure, absolutely. And, and did, did the customers notice this straight away or did they, you know, how did the customers react? They did. They did notice it right away. And, and I'll tell you why. This was a company that was already a good company. And we've done, we work in a couple of spaces. We tell, take really good companies and take what is implicit in their business and make it absolutely explicit. And that's what was happening here. They were already a very good company. But what the customers noticed, particularly on the sales behavior, was the sales conversations started differently. They started more directive. And by that, I mean, a good seller would come in and say, hey, you know, how are you doing today? Great, you know, do some rapport building and whatnot. But now their people come in and they're able to have a conversation with the customer. They've done their homework and they're able to have a conversation with the customer about the customer's future in a meaningful way. So the customers did start noticing, wow, that was a, that was a really good conversation. And what the people who really noticed were the prospective customers. Right. Because they said, you guys had, I had a totally different conversation with those Atlantic Capital people than I did anybody else. And I, I, I think the thing that we have to understand right now is sales can no longer 
be dependent on the old techniques of rapport building and tenacity and interpersonal things that it used to be. If your people are having to make sales calls over Zoom, customers are going to disengage so fast if you, they think they're just getting some tactical dog and pony show transactional seller. Sure. Now, on one of your videos that I looked at prior to the podcast, you said that uh, competitive differentiation and emotional engagement were the two key factors if mm-hmm. you want to be successful and win your market. So presumably this is, what, this, is, this is what the heart of Noble Purpose is all about, is it? Yeah, it drives competitive differentiation and emotional engagement because if you can't make the story to your customers about why you're different, all your business is going to go up for bid. You're just going to be very easily commoditized. So com- competitive differentiation. And the thing that's important is it might not be in your product. It might be in the way you do business. You know, when you look at some products that are easily commoditized, like accounting services, like tires, I know the accountants wouldn't like me comparing those two things, but some things that are easily commoditized, it's the way that you do business with your customers that will differentiate you. And then the other piece is emotional engagement. You can't create passionate customers without a passionate team. And so the reason that Noble Purpose works and accelerates, acts as a force multiplier on both of those, is when you have a purpose bigger than money, your team cares more. Because we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And when your purpose is to improve life for customers, you have a totally different story for the market. And customers can feel the difference. So Lisa, I'm sure right now, you know, there are sales leaders, sales uh, people listening to this podcast and, and thinking, wow, this, this, is a, this is a sound idea. This makes so much sense. And then they're probably thinking, right, unless I get Lisa in, which, you know, not everybody in the world is going to be able to do, uh, how can I, how can I kickstart this? So have you got any advice that you could give to people who you were listening now wanting to get some action and apart from buying your book, of course, which we'll talk about in a minute as well, but are there, are there two or three things that they could do to start the ball rolling, so to speak? There are two very specific things that you can do right now. One is ask yourself and your team, how do we make a difference to customers? And answer that question very deeply at multiple levels. So not just, well, we provide great accounting services. How does, that, how does that help the customer? What does that do for them? What impact does that have on their job? What impact does that have on their life? Answer that question very deeply. How do we make a difference for customers? And then sear that into your brain because that's your story. The second thing that you want to do is ask that game-changing question. Any sales leader can do this. If you're sitting in a pipeline conversation, you're looking at the numbers with anybody on your team, whether you got one person or whether you got 10,000 people, and you ask, when are we going to close it? How much is it going to be? Who's the competition? Who's the decision makers? All those normal questions. You ask this one question at the end. How will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? And that will tell you, your seller's answer to that question will tell you if they're ready to make the presentation, if they need more information, if they have a good story. If you ask that one question, what you're going to do with that one question is you're going to take your seller's brain from close it, close it, close it, which as the manager seems like what you want them to be thinking. But we know the psychological data tells us when that's in their head, they're less effective. 
Instead, you want them walking in or Zooming with that customer thinking, how will this customer be different? And that's the story you want on their lips. So if you do those two things, get your story about how you make a difference to customers in the aggregate and then in the specific, ask each seller that question, you will start to notice a big change in your organization. So Lisa, you've got a couple of books uh, about this, Selling with Noble Purpose and Leading with Noble Purpose. And I'll put details in the show notes of how people can find them and all the links to that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm assuming, and this might be wrong, that Leading with Noble Purpose is, is your book aimed at sales management, sales leadership, and helping them understand the concept and implement it, more importantly. Actually, I hate to contradict you on your own show, but uh, selling with noble purpose is for the sales organization and leading with noble purpose is for everyone else. Oh, right. Okay. So if I was a VP of sales right now, selling, selling with noble purpose is what you want to read. Right. And we've just come out with a new edition and the important things that we added in the new edition were we had very much of the how-tos, like Atlantic Capital Bank and Dave and & Buster's and the IT company and a concrete company. And what we did was we included a lot of examples from companies that were not necessarily sexy because everyone knows how Apple is putting a dent in the universe and how Whole Foods is helping everyone eat better. But we wanted to take those everyday companies and show, and there's a concrete company in there. So if you think that you have something undifferentiated, a concrete <laughs> company did this and got voted a best place to work, okay? Wow. So it's got a lot of new stuff in it. Yeah, you try living your life without concrete. You can't. So it is a noble purpose. So it's got a lot of new uh, examples in there. But the other thing that we did is knowing salespeople, having worked with them for the last decade, it's written for the ADD reader. So you can just read two or three chapters and they're like five pages each and they have little graphics in them. One of my clients called me up and she said, my favorite part of this book is the appendix. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't usually get complimented on appendix. She goes, cause it just lists everything out really easily and I don't have to do all that reading. So it is written for a sales team. And, and Lisa, um, when a company, um, you know, takes this forward and, and, and follows all, all the instructions and, act, you know, changes their way of doing things, do they also find it easier to attract, you know, top people as well? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've had several clients become voted best places to work, and it wasn't the free smoothies and the foosball table. Because those are nice. They're not doing us a whole lot of good now. But the thing you have to recognize as an employer is human beings have two fundamental needs. We want belonging and we want significance. Said another way, we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves and we want to know that our part matters. And when you have that at work, everything changes for you. And so what people are finding is everyone, I'm in my 50s, even people my age, want this, but the younger generation, we all want noble purpose, but the younger generation, it's a go or no-go decision. People my age were trained to take money instead, but the younger generation is not having it. And so what we find is people are showing up in these clients that we've worked with for two or three years. Like we have, a, like I said, a concrete company that's become a best place to work. They're in Omaha, Nebraska, 
and they've got their pick of top talent. And so one of the things employers need to recognize now, now that the barriers with offices, everyone's working remotely, it's your story that's going to attract the top talent. And you can only throw so much money at a problem. But when you say, come be part of something amazing, we're changing IT, we're changing accounting, we're changing travel, we're changing plumbing, whatever it might be, people want to be part of that. And that's how you get the A players. So Lisa, people, anybody listening to this thinking, I ought to get in touch with Lisa, we need her in our organization to make this happen. How, does, how do they do that? Uh, you can just uh, reach out to me on the website, um, go to sellingwithnoblepurpose.com. You can actually take, we have a free assessment there where you can gauge your own level of purpose, but there's a contact button on our website. And I'm really spending my time doing three things now. One is I'm working with executive teams of sales-driven companies to help them drive revenue because that is crucial right now. Uh, the second thing I'm doing is I'm speaking at a lot of conferences. They're all virtual now, so the barriers have gone away. So I'm speaking at everything from small conferences to huge sales kickoffs. And the third thing I'm doing is I'm posting a lot of content on LinkedIn. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, and it's free. We post videos and content. So if you're sitting there in a, and you're a small team, you think, how can I do this? We are literally putting this stuff out there for you so you can do it for free if you can't bring us in. Fantastic. And what I'll do, Lisa, is I'll put all the links to you and your company in the show notes, along with links to your, your books as well. So that's been great. That's been fantastic to have you on the show. The time has just whizzed by. I can't believe it's, it's, no. you know, it's, it's whizzed <laughs> by so quickly. So some really, really great stuff. So any, any final thought you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think there is. If, if you're sitting there and you're staring down a big revenue number and you're wondering in the face of all this uncertainty what you're going to do next year, the one thought I want to leave you with is you don't have to choose between making money and making a difference. Profit and purpose are connected. And as you think about how you make a difference to your customers, don't ever underestimate your impact. You deserve that, that sense of knowing at the end of a good day's work that your work mattered. You, you deserve that. Everyone deserves that. Lisa, that is a great thought to finish with. So thank you very much for that. It's been brilliant having you on the show. I'm sure everyone listening to this has got so much from it and is racing back now to talk to their colleagues and say, we've got to do something here and I've got a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Lisa, terrific to have you on your show. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that's inspired you to think about the way you do business. And what really intrigued me there were those two questions that Lisa asked right at the end. So make a note of those and get your team. I'll put them in the show notes, by the way, but get your team to think about those. And, you know, you can implement some of this. You don't necessarily need Lisa, but Lisa is there as a great resource for you to do that. Do this. So think about what you're going to do, what difference it could make to your business following some of the tips and ideas that Lisa's given. And of course, what the, one of the things I really loved was that question I asked her, well, how long, what's the timescale from implementation? And she said, it's one day to really buy into the idea and it's a year to deliver it. 
And I think sometimes when we get a great idea come into our business, that's exactly what doesn't happen. We get very excited for a day or two, and then for a week or so, the management are really pushing it. Yeah, come on, let's make it happen, let's make it happen. And then it starts to fade, and they forget about it a little bit, and they lose momentum on it. And then three weeks, three months in, you've gone back to where you were. So if you're listening to this and it's your responsibility to implement this and make it happen, you have to commit to doing that for that full year to keep on top of it, to not allow it to drift and to, make, and to bring your people with you on this journey. Because, you know, so many times it, go, it falls over because you just don't make it happen. And of course, you, you can bring people in to help you. People, not necessarily like me, but people, well, people like me or, or indeed Lisa to come in and help you deliver something. Because it's really important that, you, you know, it's not you know, the flashy idea. Today's, you know, great idea. Let's forget about it tomorrow. Right. Enough of that. So I hope you enjoyed the show. If you do, please leave a review because that would be fantastic. And coming up on December the 16th at 3.30 p.m. GMT. So anybody in the States, you'll be able to join this early in the morning. I'm going to do a webinar, 45 minutes, action-packed webinar. And it will be all about the best tips and ideas that have come out from all these amazing guests I've had on the show this year. So there'll be a registration link in the show notes. You can get one on the front page of my website as well, trevorleemedia.co.uk. So join that. It'll be great fun and you'll, you know, pick up all the, it'll be like a summary of all the podcasts. So I want you to listen to all the podcasts, but I'm going to give you that brilliant summary at the end of the year to set you up for 2021 so that you can launch into that year and you can be ready for sales success. You can ready to grow your business and get better at doing your presentations. Right, let's make it happen. See you next week.